Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Gift of Gaming podcast. That's right, we made it to 2024. And on this episode, we're going to talk about everything that happened in December. It's me, your host, Darren Wade. And today I am joined by the Dream Anchor team. That's right, it's Mr. Xbox Games Pass himself, Luke Maycock, and... The console-hating, PC-playing, lore-seeking, full-time Canadian himself, Chris Robbins. Guys, how are you both? Yeah, good. You're doing well, man. Did he get it? Did he get that right? Yeah, he did. <laughs> I think it's the first time I've not spoofed it. It was probably you, his Chris. New Year's resolution. He's just been practicing <laughs> all day. He's the only one. <laughs> the cats have gone mad. That's the only thing they've heard me just saying that over <laughs> and over again. A little bit in the apartment, you know. Uh, yeah, so um, how was your Christmas and New Year? Uh, yeah, good. Mine was Mine was very relaxed. Lots of drinking, lots of hanging out with family, lots of hanging out with friends. Bit of video game time in there too. Um, yeah, it was lovely. It was very, very relaxing. Chris, how was? Mine was much of the same. Uh, you went, you went yeah, back home? Yeah, I went back to Canada. Uh, this time I wasn't uh, doing any remote work, so there's no like ridiculously early mornings. So I just got to relax. So if food. you were, what time are you working at? Um, when I am working, when I'm over there? Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, or 4.30 in the morning. Good God. Yikes. Yeah, it's rough. It's funny, though. Ever since I've been back, like, because I got pretty sick for a while there, and I was, like, sleeping 16 hours a day, and my sleep schedule just kept getting weirder and weirder. And for the past, like, week, I'm just up at 4 in the morning. Oh, no. I'm, I mean, I'm in bed at, like, 8.30. Yeah, but, like, yeah. I'm you're, up you're at up. 4 in the morning, and playing video games before work like that's actually, what that's to do actually, yeah that's actually quite a nice i mean if i was up early if i'd give, my, give myself enough time in the morning early morning video games especially if it's still dark outside yeah like you true. know when you get up that early a few video games yeah. before you start work would be quite nice um did you get to play anything uh new uh luke or or anything that you've enjoyed playing over the holidays my big one over the holidays and this was a bit in december as well i've been playing a game called teardown um, it's the only like game that I've uh, on the Xbox. It's the only game that I've bought in the last like year, um, and it's fucking great. It's so satisfying. It's it's a game voxel based game. Everything's made out of voxels with basically just fully destructible environments. So absolutely everything on the map is destructible in some means. I think there might be some slight exceptions. Sorry, what's this game called? It's called Teardown. Oh, okay. Have you played the finals? No, I actually downloaded the finals. Oh my god! I have it on my console. Everything in that, as far as far as I can tell, is destructible. That's yeah. the free to play first person shooter. Yeah, 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 and yeah, it's yeah. wild, man. It's like I've heard good things. I, I play as the heavy class, and you could just like standing on a roof, you jump straight up, and then he has like this tackle charge move. Mm. And you just break through the roof and Grand land pound. on people. It's fucking hilarious. That's man. cool. Like I love those kind of things because the only kind of first person competitive shooter I have played at all re- in any recent time would have been Call of Duty. <laughs> But that the idea of that wacky stuff, I'd be I'd be so into that, like you know, like yeah. just breaking down roofs of buildings, just be a bit more, a bit more fun. Call of Duty is very, people take that very seriously sometimes. Yeah, and and, and it's also like a serious. very serious atmosphere. Where yes. this this is like a, I don't I don't even know what to call it. It's like an award show or something. Like like you hear announcers and competing, yeah, and like that's killing the people earns you money it? and like yeah, that's an interesting one. No, it looks. It looks interesting. I've heard some really good things from some people, so I have it downloaded. I think it's fantastic. Yeah? I'll give it a shot. Whoa. I saw it on the PlayStation Store there for free, and I was like, huh, 
I didn't know if anybody was playing it, so I, I kind of overshot it. But I might give that a look. Is it ability-based? Is it like Overwatch? Or is it just like... Yeah, there's strike? three classes, and they each oh, yeah. have a couple of abilities. Like the, the heavy gets the charge and something else. I only know their first ability. But the light class gets grappling hook. And the medium class, I think, like medic or a jump pad or both, oh, nice. I think. Yeah. yeah, cool. That sounds very chill. Um, I will... Probably not care about time to play that anytime soon. Uh, but Teardown has kind of been my very relaxing game. Just like destroying things. You just have to do little missions. And the game, like the core premise of the game, the core mechanic, the voxel-based fully destructible shit, very satisfying. The, the sound design, so satisfying. Just a really well-made game. And then the actual missions that they base around that are very well balanced around the game they've designed. So they're very satisfying. It's all problem solving. You have to like knock down walls and build pathways and stuff. To, it's just... It's, Bit of a thinker's game. Oh yeah, it really is. The, the amount of times I've come to a mission and been like, this is impossible. You just can't do, You can't get all of these cars into this truck in this time limit. And then I just get really frustrated. I'm like, but if I knock down this wall and then I move this around here and I set, and I destroy this bush, then I get a clear shot with this car and I'm going get, to get rid of that gate. And it's just like, it's very satisfying. Like the problem solving side of your brain is just like on drugs. It's nice. Great. <laughs> it's nice. very good. So that's been my, uh, that's been my Christmas time. Chris, what about you? Anything new? Uh, yeah, I was playing a bunch of... Just like backlog of couch party games uh, while I was in Canada. Tons of Overcooked and Overcooked 2. Uh, like Such great games. Bo- yes. I saw, great great, games. Uh, I saw a great video uh, uh, someone put up on uh, it was either like, it was a YouTube short. And uh, she had captioned it. It's like, my husband uh, takes oh. this too seriously. <laughs> yeah. And it's him at the... They've gotten two stars in a level instead of three. And he's up at the at the TV talking to her, pointing to the stars, being like, no, 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 sometimes it's fish and chips, other times it's fish, right? And we got to make the order right to cross the icicle to get to the other side. Listen, you have to, and she's just sitting there going, yes, yeah, chef. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, yeah we, uh, our line was, have you ever seen the bear? Yeah, yes. He's oh, like, yeah. behind, cuz. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That'd be a great new way to play uh, yeah. Overcooked. Uh, I myself got into Dredge. Uh, Aiden. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, Kev's, yeah. Kev's brother would be delighted. Myself, um, Kev, and Aiden. I, I said to Aiden, I'd love to get him on, on an episode. <laughs> he said he'd love to talk about Dredge. And I was like, well, when I play it, we can, we can do one. But I finally got into it and uh, mad about it. Absolutely mad about it. I had the best time with it because I also had my PlayStation Portal over Christmas. Of course, yeah. So I was back at, you know, back at the parents house over christmas and uh just sitting there with the portal on and my playstation here in the apartment playing mm. some games it was class but i had a really nice moment in dredge uh, which is one of those gaming moments that was sick with me for a long time i was in my sister's room it's where i was kind of shipped up to for the couple of days i was over there and it was lashing rain and her bed kind of looks it's right beside the window looks right outside it's quite nice actually and it was lashing rain real stormy that night and uh, i was sitting there with my portal headphones on totally immersed and i was on the open waters and dredge you know it was all quite rough there as well and you know and i it actually the only light in the room as well my sister has like a like a salt lamp type thing this kind of yeah. weird orange glow i felt like i was in the cabin of the motherfucking boat <laughs> i was like this is the most immersed i've been in the game in a long time uh so love and dredge and uh, uh just before christmas i platinumed uh final fantasy 7 remake <laughs> finally did it 
Did everything, well, got all the dresses. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. it's a big moment. <laughs> Delighted. Haven't gone back since, of course, because <laughs> I've done everything. Uh, but that was me. But uh, we guys, because we have a, an episode to do about uh, all the news in December. But before we get into that, just a few updates for our listeners. Uh, you may have noticed that there was a couple of um, bonus episodes we released over the Christmas holidays. Uh, there are post shows. Um, and I think you guys got the first three rounds of the Battle Royale. And if you want more of that, you need to check out our Patreon over patreon.com forward slash the gift of gaming, where we have the rest of our Battle Royale series which is coming to a head so we've got the finale to do this sometime this month uh, and that is like cost of a coffee a month you guys can hop on that help us out support the podcast and get all that extra content there's loads there and after this episode we're taking a two-week break from doing the podcast so we can figure out the first quarter of 2024 for the gift of game podcast because new year's and christmas was a very busy time for me and i did not put any work into this podcast whatsoever i so, didn't even talk to okay. you guys for two weeks fuck <laughs> yeah. it i'm out so, uh, yes, yeah, so that's the plan. So, uh, you know, if you're, if you're lost, if you're like, oh, man, two weeks without the normal episodes, there's loads of stuff on the post show stuff, the Patreon, check that shit out. But in the meantime, we've got loads of news to get through, so we'll go through that now. And the first one I think that we have to talk about, guys, is the day before fiasco. <laughs> and what a fiasco it was. So I'm just going to read you guys an article from uh, PC Gamer. This is by Andy Chalk. All, right. um, all to do with the day before. And uh, anytime interrupt me if you want to comment on the hilarity that ensues uh, yeah. for this article. Put my, so Put my hand up. Yeah, please do. Uh, so just four days after the day before's disastrous launch, the studio has abruptly, has abruptly closed. Quote, we miscalculated our capabilities. Uh, Fantastic says the day before has failed financially and it cannot afford to continue working. Just four days after the ugly launch of a not-quite-a-survival MMO, the day before on Steam, um, developer Fnatic says it is closing its doors because the game flopped. A few hours after the studio announced its closure, sales of the day before on Steam were halted. Uh, quote, the day before has failed financially and we lack the funds to continue, the studio said in a statement posted to Twitter. All income received is being used to pay off debts to our partners. We invested all our efforts, resources, and man hours into the development of the day before, which was our first huge game. We really wanted to release the new patches to reveal the full potential of the game, but unfortunately, we don't have the funding to continue the work. <laughs> Fantastic said uh, in the closure What's message. What's my fault? What's my fault? Fantastic <laughs> said in the closure message that it has taken no money from the public during the development of the day before, adding that there were no crowdfunding or pre-order campaign um, campaigns prior to release. Uh, in a later tweet, the studio said that it has not received any income from Steam sales yet and won't in the future and that it's working with Valve to offer refunds regardless of playtime. After an extended period of hype, controversy and deep skepticism surrounding the day before that saw it temporarily removed from Steam over a trademark dispute, it finally launched on Steam on December 7th and immediately ran into trouble. Server issues were widespread, but players were also surprised to discover that it wasn't quite the zombie-infested survival MMO they were expecting. Instead, it bore a number of characteristics of an extraction shooter similar to Escape from Tarkov, except not very good. The reaction was immediate and intense. The Steam rating crashed to mostly negative, and the official day before Discord was temporarily locked down as moderators struggled to keep a lid on all the upset. There was a presumption that patches would be forthcoming to smooth out at least some of the roughest bits, but it, that's apparently now off the table. Predictably, users on the day before Discord server are once again enthusiastically venting their frustrations, accusing fantastic... Uh, of perpetrating a scam right from the start and that there's, this time there's no mod team to put a stop to it. In the short time since Fantastic announced the studio's closure, most of the day before his official Discord server has evaporated. Every text and voice channel except the general chat room has been deleted and the server news channel Fantastic used to keep um, communication progress on the game has been scrubbed of every message. All content on Fantastic YouTube channel has also been deleted and the final message to be posted in that channel was a goodbye from Discord moderator Levitate. But even that's gone now. 
Uh, so the article continues with the kind of the state of the Discord and various online discontents surrounding the game. And then it goes on to the refunds uh, as well that were taking place. If you're interested, check out that uh, article um, from Andy Chalk of PC Gamer. Gentlemen, was it a scam from the start? <laughs> I... Uh, I'd have to. I'd have to say <laughs> yes, man. No, it. Wa- I don't think it was a scam. Um, <laughs> but that doesn't mean it wasn't wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um, yeah. Dumpster fire of a situation the whole way. I don't. Around. I don't. How do you? You don't think it was a scam? No, because like they literally had like an escape plan. They just wiped everything. Yeah. I think they. I'm, I'm not sure if they did have. Uh, uh, I it, it it crosses some weird lines in terms of what they seem to have planned. I think I think it was I think it was just basically that they got way too big for their boots, expanded like their reach uh was way wider or what they went for was way more ambitious than what they were ever going to be capable of. And just you know, tr- brute force through that and was like, ah shit, we'll see what happens. <laughs> like I'm also not convinced that fantastic is a studio of more than two people i think it's just the two brothers that run the whole thing and they've also i don't think i didn't catch this in the article but their quote-unquote business model i'm doing air quotes is that (laughs) their organization is (laughs) they don't have employees they have volunteers and they have two types of volunteers and that's not that's a scam yeah, it's a, it's what no, it's that's not worse. That's slavery. It's not a company. Like it's not a com- it's not a. They did. They made it's just called two brothers. Two brothers. <laughs> they made Prop Night before, which is their one big success, and then they made a bunch of indie games, which are mostly half finished and mostly like one dollar purchases on Steam, and that's their whole repertoire. And half finished games. Oh my god, these yeah. warning signs all over these. Man, it's it's ju- like I saw. The day before, I think my first experience of it was about a year ago, maybe two years ago, when I was looking at, I think I was kind of considering, oh, will I watch The Walk? Will I get into The Walking Dead again or something like that? And I was into, it was back into the zombie feel Mm. for a while. And I saw this thing the day before and there was a trailer released for it and everyone went mad for it. It's like, oh, it still exists because I think there'd been a lot of silence prior to that. But the trailer that they released was a gameplay trailer that had a whole narrator talking about it and everything like that. And it's, it, it, I was watching it being like, holy heck, this looks like a good, really, really good game. Mm-hmm. It is nothing like that trailer from two yeah. years ago. It is so far from it. Like even, not, even, not even Cyberpunk had the audacity to do what these guys have done for this. Like Cyberpunk had attempted to, to, to reach some of those things. This, there was not even an attempt. And what was real funny was that I'm a big fan of watching donkey videos. And, yeah. and, and the donkey video was the first thing that I watched of what the current state of the game is now. And it is, it, it is not, it is so far from what they had sold to people two years ago in the trailer or whatever else that I was like, it, it has to be a scam. Has yeah. to has to be a scam. Like they literally made a trailer. They put all the effort into making that gameplay, which was a completely that gameplay trailer was a completely choreographed piece of work. With like, oh, a team of four people, and hey, we've met another team of four people, and we have to take cover in this building. But the zombies attacking us now because they are attracted to the bullets. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. And Donkey Run wanders around the streets of that game for ages and finds two zombies, and that's it. Yeah. And all he has to do is jump up onto a couch, like a like a. a rubbish you know like a thrown out couch on the street he just has to jump on that yeah. the zombies can't get him like it's it's so broken in so many ways that i was like 
it's not it kind of for me it tips on a thing that we often complain about me and you chris here that kind of the and i think a lot of gamers have criticisms of which is the state of like cinematic trailers for games <laughs> and how every time i see a cinematic trailer i don't believe a single thing that's in it because i'm like okay yeah show me some gameplay and then yeah sure but this one was a this one was a in theory a gameplay trailer it was like what to expect from it wasn't it wasn't cgi it wasn't whatever else there was people playing you know well we were made to believe there was people playing this make well, it was essentially a make-believe game at that time like yeah you know? it was like a proof of concept trailer yeah more I, yeah they released a more up-to-date gameplay trailer before the full game came out which was a lot more in line with what the actual experience is which is just fucking boring <laughs> like, it's, this looks no like such a people, boring game very few zombies the zombies like sprint but they're only moving at your player walking speed so you can just like back away from them and they can't really catch you <laughs> oh my god oh, it's, it's so but in bad. relation to it being like i mean again do, do, do can you can you really reasonably say it is a it is a scam but like chris you touched on it there like the moment the game was released and shit hit the fan they were gone like company disbanded Everything online deleted. All all video evidence of anything ever there being put up there before just gone. Just no, like gone. Four days later, they were gone. They were there for a whole four days. Oh, there. Sorry, apologies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they lasted four days before they opened ran. Yeah. But that smacks of like, like it's weird to okay, fine. If your game isn't good, take the L. You know, yeah. take the L that your game isn't good. But to duck and run means that. And like as you said, Chris, we were talking about before we started the podcast that I I, I thought some of the assets were stolen. But yeah. like assets were stolen, but as you said, but like <laughs> cinematography stuff, you know, and, 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 and other concepts were completely robbed from other video yeah. games, from the game trailers and everything like that to yeah. sell this to us. They you know? took uh, they took lines from the Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer that talks about like the authenticity of the guns, like verbatim took the exact lines that says, we've put so much effort and detail into making these guns feel realistic, took those exact lines and applied it to their shit, which was just an unreal asset pack <laughs> literally like they put no effort Sweet in whatsoever Jesus. um yeah it just kind of walks in those murky waters where you know you're selling an experience to someone without uh, and you're using abstract stuff like cool cinematic trailers or kind of staged gameplay trailers to sell people on this idea <laughs> and it is it is fraud like essentially it's fraud at the end of the day uh, i can't believe people bought it man <laughs> Yeah, me neither. Me neither. It's wild. They're they're bowing out kind of just before they bowed out and deleted everything and ran. The last thing they said responding to a Twitter comment was I'm paraphrasing here, I can't remember the exact one. Um they tweeted back saying, We tried something big and it didn't work out. Shit happens. Yeah, yeah. And then they were just gone. gone. Yeah, peace out. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not saying like again, my, my only point is that I can't read their minds to see whether it's scam or not. It has pretty much the exact same effects of scam though. So, you know, fuck them. Chris, you, think you, 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 you're, you believe it's a scam, right? These it, guys, it these sounds, guys sold this game as yeah, a scam, right? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Scam. Maybe they had, like, intentions of making a great game, but they probably always knew that they weren't capable of it. Yeah. Especially they, if they're just ripping off other, like, game lines and, like, yeah, yeah. game trailers. Because I thought... Cinematography or whatever. Obviously got it wrong, but I thought they were just robbing <coughs> assets as well. Like No, from, no. From no, they're just... They just uh, paid for them. Yeah, they, so, like, they might not even paid for them. They could have been free assets from, like, Unity and stuff like that. The yeah, thing, yeah. The, asset stores. That, the thing is, the whole process, like, the whole way <coughs> down... The reason that the reason I'm resistant to calling it a scam is because you can watch the whole process of how they developed and released it, and they did eventually release 
trailers that were accurate to what the gameplay would look like before it came out. Like they showed people exactly what they were paying for. And that's interesting because yeah, I didn't, no, I didn't see why those. I, but that's that mad. makes yeah. me think it's a scam, though. They were just like, "Hey, look at this game we're making." Sorry, air quotes. Yeah. And then they had no intention of ever doing that. No, no. But and the, then people bought it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then they dipped out four days later. Yeah, can't be found. Yeah. It's uh, again. I'm not defending them or saying that they're good people or not. I like I like this bit in the um, <laughs> in the article. Where is it? Uh, about them just covering their arses. Oh yeah, <laughs> the table four has failed financially, and we like the funds to continue. The studio said the statement posted on Twitter. All income received is being used to pay off debts to our partners. I was like, I mean, if it's a scam and they made money, boo. But if it's a scam and they're just like. <laughs> We cannot afford to pay off everybody who we borrowed money from. I'd be like, well, you kind of reap what you sow, fellas. That's kind of the business. There was one real big, uh, I watched a video on it today, and one of the big writing on the wall kind of moments that uh, should have tipped everyone off that this was going to be a disaster was they started uh, pivoting like halfway through the news cycle of this where journalists kept approaching them to ask about the game is it real do you have proof that it's real are you a real game studio <laughs> and, <laughs> oh my god and they wouldn't answer any of these questions unless <laughs> unless the journalists agreed to also talk in the article about a software they designed which is uh, i think it's called continental maybe it's intercontinental i'm not sure but it was basically it's just microsoft teams for it's like a remote working app kind of thing for COVID, and they've been developing it since 2018 and i think when COVID hit and they saw a potential market opportunity for them they wanted to like heavily pivot away from this game that they've been marketing for years into this continental shit and so they told so they basically i think at that point i think i i, I my fucking guess as to what actually went down was at that point they saw all of the press and hype they had around this potential game they were making as a good marketing opportunity from something that could make them a lot of money. And they brought, they drummed back up hype around their game to get this press attention to talk about their Microsoft Teams life thing. Basically, I think that's, I think that's the whole trajectory of it. And they did a basic ass game to get it over the line. And it's a, it's a nightmare. Oh man. Yeah. Sounds well, like you just described a scam, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like a scam. It does sound like a scam. <laughs> that is true. Oh, well, listen, we'll go on to our next article. Um, this is coming from The Verge by uh, Ash Parrish. Uh, E3 is dead. In an interview with the Washington Post, ESA CEO Stanley Pierre-Louis confirmed E3, once the biggest video game trade show in the world, is gone and never coming back. Uh, well, the video game industry had already largely given up on E3, once the largest video game show, industri- uh, show in the industry and the biggest video game showcase event of the year, there was always a chance it would return after multiple years of cancellations. However, in a statement to the Washington Post today, E3's organizer confirmed that the show is permanently cancelled. Quote, We know it's difficult to say goodbye to such a beloved event, but it's the right thing to do given the new opportunities our industry has to reach fans and partners. Stanley Pierre-Louis, the CEO of Entertainment Software Association, uh, the non-profit trade organization that ran E3 told the Post. Pierre-Louis alluded that to the biggest reason for E3's uh, precipitous collapse and ultimate demise. Game developers and publishers had increasingly moved away from the event in order to put on their own less costly showcases targeted directly to fans, rather than the industry insiders and journalists that E3 typically catered to. Even before the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020 put a halt to large in-person gatherings, publishers had begun marketing directly to consumers via live stream shows like Nintendo Direct, Sony State of Play, and the Xbox Game Showcase. In, uh, then in 2020, after the pandemic shuttered E3 and other game industry events like GDC and Gamescon, 
Uh, Jeff Keighley announced his own show, Summer Game Fest, an online event wherein publishers and developers could show off their games over a handful of months rather than the concentrated week of keynotes typical to an E3 event. Over time, dozens of other online events began cropping up, allowing developers, AAA and indie alike, to market their games to a wide audience while avoiding the cost and stress of E3. There hasn't been an in-person E3 since 2019. The pandemic made E3 2020 an impossibility, but in 2021, the event returned as a digital showcase. The following year, it was cancelled outright with promises that the event would return in 2023 as a hybrid online and in-person event. Then that was cancelled, along with the news that if E3 were to return at all, it wouldn't be until 2024. Now it's never coming back, in part because there are so many institutions that have already replaced it. Um, I'm just going to speak on a personal note here. That makes me very sad because growing up as a kid, it was always on my bucket list to go to E3. And it's a pity in the last couple of years it's kind of died away, but like especially in like the 2014s, 2015s when I was in college and I was watching the events like where Final Fantasy VII Remake was first announced and things like that, I always thought, fuck, I'd love, I'd love to be there. Like I'd love to be there and amongst everybody seeing these things for the first time because it's great, you know, state of plays and all these things and game awards to, to watch these things online and get hype about new announcements. But man, I would have always loved to have been in one of those massive halls with loads of like one of the people just losing their shit. Uh, were you guys, I mean, I don't know if E3 meant anything. Do you guys miss E3? Do you think it's it's a good riddance or a... I swore we covered this exact same topic in the show already. Like, hasn't it been known for a while that E3's dead? Well, we got cancelled, but it was... I think maybe we might have covered it being cancelled for this year, but it was only announced as confirmed dead, not happening okay. ever again, oh, okay. earlier in December. I always thought it was confirmed dead. Uh, well, the, the writing was on the wall, kind yeah. of. Yeah, since 2019. Game Awards yeah. just yeah. replaced it and did it bigger and better. And not just that, like, <clears throat> the other point about, like, the state of plays and stuff like that. <coughs> um, Nintendo stuff, Sony stuff, Microsoft stuff, all kind of moving in to take its place made it pretty obsolete. But you're right, it is. It's... It's sad because stuff like the Game Awards, it's really cool to like have all the big boys in the one room like kind of show off all their cool new I toys to, and compete and stuff like that. That's always fun. After, it, after the news was confirmed in early on in December that it was cancelled, I went on and someone had put together a video of, of OE3, you will be missed, like a, you know, a, what do you call that when someone, a eulogy. Someone essentially did a video eulogy of, of you E3. Googly. A you googly. A you googly, yes, exactly. An E3, you googly. And it, uh, it, man, it looked like so much fun, some of it. You know, I mean, I think people were saying there was another article that I wanted to put up here, but it was way longer about E3. But it was, uh, they interviewed someone who'd been there and been going there since the early, you know, to late 90s, early 2000s. And just listening to them talk about it, you could tell it was a big, big deal, like back in the day for... For, for like us as gamers, if we were living there, do you know what I mean? I can imagine, like especially yeah. you, me, and Kev, when we were that age, we'd yeah. absolutely gone over to E3 to check out oh, yeah. any of the, the the stuff happening. And it's it's sad for people of our age, like this, the individual they interviewed in that other article, talking about like, man, it was the best gaming event ever. And there was times where some years it was definitely catered more towards the journalist side of things, and other years it was like, oh, big announcements in that. But yeah, it was. It is a <clears throat> it is a developers conference, and I think the one that's starting in Germany uh in like around 2010 i think maybe around 2008 game literally called i think it's called gdc game developers conference uh was like a competitor to it when e3 went a bit more commercial and a bit more here's all the ads for our games but initially e3 was it was for the game industry by the game industry and the people that were there and had badges either had badges because they worked for sony microsoft or whatever or they had press passes and getting 
getting access to it as a just a gamer like a person just in off the streets uh was quite hard for a good number of years until it hit like a commercial success but yeah for sure i remember reading about all the breaks from it in magazines when i was a kid and getting really excited all the for game E3. magazines had like yeah when e3 yeah. was out, it had all the announcements of it course. was always an exciting time i never really cared for e3 i like nope. no i never watched it i would just get the footnotes the next day and just yeah. like read an article or just watch like best trailers announced like i would never actually like sit but if down something if something dedicate time to e3 let's say there was a big event not that it would ever happen in, in Dublin of all places, but if there was a big event announced here in the conference center or whatever else, big gaming thing like that, would announcements, is that something you'd ever go to in person, Chris? No, man. No. Have you ever, like... The BO? I don't know. It's, I'm getting strong Comic-Con vibes and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, it's weird. Like, I, nah, I like... I'm, those days are behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I like stuff like Comic-Con, but the, the conference like that would be less appealing because imagine it's Comic-Con, but there's just one big hall and you go and sit in a seat for like three hours. Yeah, that, that sounds yeah. a little bit miserable. Uh, whereas you could also just watch it from home and like have a cup of tea and stuff like that. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just old. Which, now, but. Nah, Annie, you're right. It's like as a as a you know 32 year old, I'm a much bigger fan of like you know I, I love sit, us sitting down watching the game awards. Yeah, watching with friends. Yeah, watching it with friends. Easy peasy. Or the state of play comes on. It's nice <laughs> sometimes the Nintendo Directs are on at four o'clock. So kind of at the end of the day at work, you know, while I'm working away, they'll be like, oh, I'll pop that on in the background, and just have a little mm. listen to. And it's cool to get those little updates. But I just miss, they're, they're still great. And of course, I think in the digital world that we live in, it is the way forward. But I, me, on a personal note, is sad I never got to go to E3. I had visions as a young, especially when we were in like primary school, going into early E3, days in secondary really? school. Really? I mean, there's so many yeah. better like options. Might have just been a marathon. Evo would have been amazing. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're sitting down, but you're actually like, watching an event it's not just but i wasn't like, i was never the competitive gamer when i was younger i was all about the what's out there i like okay I, well, I, well, what about the game awards where you get to sit down and actually watch the game awards didn't exist stuff. when i was you know 15 chris mm. i'm just saying like you, you now you okay so this is just a childhood dream that yes you yeah, wish yeah, you yeah, had yeah, it yeah. fulfilled i'm okay, just reminiscing that's all you know okay. i'm I getting old and looking back at my <laughs> easier days as a child might be because we grew up together darren but i, I have the same kind <sighs> of it does have a nostalgia pinpoint in my memory from like like you get video gaming magazines as a kid with an e3 you, spread if you're lucky yeah and then like yeah every once a year around the same time like there'd just be fucking loads of news all at once yeah. and it was so exciting it's like look at all these games oh e3 is happening yeah there was some kind of romanticization and of it's the kind of thing kids. when i was a young kid and really wanted to do kind of like a little bit of game and journalism i was always so excited to see what you know <laughs> oh what's yeah. you know this is so cool the journalist goes that and they get all these things they have to write about and how exciting would that be but yeah i just don't think it's a pity i don't think there's a place for it now but i would like to part of me does miss the in-person side of things it's way easier to sit down and watch a state of play at home and you yeah. know have a cup of tea and whatever else and just send a text to your mates be like did you catch this god that was exciting whatever else but i do miss the you know the in-person side of things and, yeah. and getting super hyped for people over the same thing. Like I've, I don't know how many times I've watched that clip of everybody losing their mind when the Final Fantasy VII remake was truly announced, as opposed to when they announced the port, <laughs> the tech demo, yeah, kind of the, the two years prior. Uh, that would have been such a for me as a, from a personal level, being a Final Fantasy VII fan, being in that hall with all those people, I would have been like, damn, yeah, 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 yeah. it would have been good. Fair. Yeah. One thing I, I will like miss about it, I suppose, is. Because uh, you said it got replaced by like the uh, Nintendo Directs and the State of Plays and blah, 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 blah. It was nice to have all of the companies under one roof. Yeah, yeah. like having them all in the, like competing with each other. Yeah. Because the, the Xbox exclusive ones and the Nintendo exclusive ones and the Sony exclusive ones, 
they don't it doesn't they sometimes are timed roughly around the same time they're like answers to each other but having them all it's like they all have to go in without seeing what's in each other's hands kind of thing and just like play out the game of poker and be like this is this is everything microsoft's got and then sony will be like well this is everything sony's got i just had a, there's something I, fun about that i just had a flashback to a video i watched which i recommend everybody watching to, to watch it it's the 10 worst presentations at e3 <laughs> yeah and it's just giving me oh, a reason to, to think of it maybe i wouldn't have enjoyed going there because <laughs> there's such and like for me fantastic to look back on it such cringe presentations yeah. as well like people not reading rooms correctly mm. and going in with loads of hype for something that nobody cared about like that whole yeah. that whole people just not knowing what's in the ether like what what are people excited about what they aren't excited about and just not hitting the nail at all like you know those those videos are fun to watch it was cool the cringe compilations yeah they're, yeah they're, they're, they're bad man i couldn't imagine like right now i'd i'd, I'd want to crawl into a hole and die if i was sitting there as, <laughs> and watching some of those yeah um but yeah e3 ye will be missed at least by some not by all chris mm-hmm. <laughs> uh the next one's a pretty big one yeah the insomniac cack okay is, i don't know much about this so i'm curious well, uh, strap in go down and again something it's a bit of a long article so stop me at any point in time so i can take a, a breath of fresh air uh but this is coming from nicole carpenter at polygon uh, the catastrophe or the catastrophe of the insomnia cac uh, goes way beyond leak games uh, the breach impacts more than 400 employees on december 12th notorious ransomware group uh Rysida announced it was holding a mass it was holding a mass of insomniac games data hostage if insomniac games wanted to keep the information from being released it would have to pay up Rysida wanted 50 bitcoin roughly two million dollars for the data and it was willing to take that from anyone who wanted it via an auction on its dark web site when the imposed seven-day deadline passed without a buyer Rysida posted most of the hacked data online, a massive 1.67 terabytes that contains more than 1.3 million files, according to cybersecurity website CyberDaily. The data was uploaded in three separate parts, each one organized in a data catalog with an interface similar to Microsoft's File Explorer. These files include lots of in-developed materials from Insomniac's upcoming Wolverine game, including design documents, casting information, and level designs. In-progress gameplay for Marvel's Wolverine started to spread quickly, as did other information about the studio's partnership with Marvel. It's a devastating and unprecedented leak of game information, similar in scope to last year's Grand Theft Auto 6 breaches. Adam Murray, Chief Information Security Officer at cybersecurity company Arctic Wolf and former Avalanche Software game developer, told Polygon that the Insomniac breach, quote, appears to be one of the more significant breaches in the gaming industry. Jonathan Wiseman, a principal lecturer at uh, Rochester Institute of Technology's Department of Cybersecurity, told Polygon that the cyber attack and subsequent leaks are completely unprecedented. But the Insomniac leak includes far, far more than just game assets. Effectively, hundreds of employees may have been doxxed. Uh, quote, first there are files from the upcoming Wolverine game and the company's 12-year release plan, Wiseman told Polygon. That alone is terrible, however, it's much deeper than that. We're talking about non-disclosure agreements with major companies and studios, internal developer Slack communications, internal HR documents, scanned employee passports, Ooh. and more. Among the sense of HR documents published by Reseda are internal investigations and disciplinary reports, employees' personal details such as passport scans and recorded videos of meetings, even a list of employees and their t-shirt sizes. The breach puts hundreds of employees at risk in an industry that's already hostile to developers, particularly people in marginalized groups. Uh, Quote, harassment and threats from players toward video game developers is a serious problem in the industry. Uh, My uh, oven alarm is going on. I have ribs in the cooker. So uh, (laughs) I'm going to let you guys discuss uh, what you've heard so far while I go and check the oven. Just bear with me. Rib break. Rib break. Uh, that's wild. Yeah, fuck. The, the HR proceedings getting leaked. Woo! That's that's insane. Um, I makes the GTA uh, Six trailer leak seem so so un- tame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it, so small. It really does. I yeah. That's I've like I like video games and I like what video game companies do. I don't have a 
It's a ton of sympathy for... <coughs> it sucks. NDA's got breach and that's going to affect business dealings and stuff like that. I mostly... I'm just like the Yeah, poor, who gives... That, yeah, that poor, that's yeah, harmless the, though. Like, exactly, like yeah. The poor lives, fucking people. Like, their yeah, personal details. Probably like passwords one. and shit like that and and all their... Fo- oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Take it away, Darren. Sorry, my ribs are okay. Nobody panic. Everything's fine. Uh, so continuing, uh, Mary said that the extensive nature of the leak, specifically its inclusion of employee information and communications, is atypical for the video game industry and makes this, quote, a more severe violation of privacy and security. It can be compared to the large-scale hacks in other industries where employee data comes into play. Game developer Rami Ishmael told Polygon that the Insomniac leak is indeed disappointing and it does have an impact on how a game is perceived. He said developers always say... Uh, quote, people only know what ships, meaning that players will judge a game by how it ships, not the process that led it to the end result. It's a questionable and deeply hurtful practice to leak unfinished game assets, Ismail said, but publishing employee information is just, quote, straight up evil. Uh, quote, it is horrifying to me that these game developers now have to worry about their personal information being out there. Uh, I have intentionally not taken a look at the files, but I would assume these files might contain names, addresses, and other sensitive information, in which case developers, <coughs> a group already at risk of doxing and hatred, now have to figure out how to keep themselves and their families safe. Reseda, the group that hacked Insomniac and published information online, is known to government agencies despite being a relatively new operation. The United States Department of Health and Human Services Office of Information Security said Reseda operates by using phishing attacks to gain access remotely as well as other types of attacks. That's very vague. Uh, the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Infrastructure Security Agency also warned against Reseda ransomware in November after the organization targeted the healthcare industry and government institutions. Uh, CISA declined to comment on the Insomniac hack, instead pointing toward its November notice. Um, Mary told Polygon that Sony and Insomniac must improve their cybersecurity measures. Quote, this could include strengthening network security, implementing more robust authentication processes, and conducting regular security audits and, and penetration testing. Employees training on cybersecurity awareness is also vital to mitigate risks from phishing or social engineering attacks. He suggested that the company may offer a credit monitoring service or identity theft protection program. So the article continues to go on to talk about like how they can deal with it in future. But it... it just to me, on that little last piece, it's insane that all that could be lost because someone clicks a phishing email. <clears throat> yeah. Like, yeah, crazy. I mean, I get them in work all the time, and it's like, you click, and it's like, oh, you passed the company test for phishing or whatever else. I'm like, yeah. And it is, it's nothing to me. It's yeah, like we a... Get the sti- we get the statistics, too, of, like... <laughs> it doesn't say names, but it's just, like, so-and-so, like, this many people uh, opened the email, this many people reported the email, this many people... Hit the actually link in the email. The link. Jesus. This many people actually filled in their information. It's just like, holy fuck. <laughs> oh, no. But it is, like, it's, and, you know, you, guess you feel sorry for, I mean, it, what's crazy is there's a certain someone or a certain someone's at this point sitting at home being like, I can't believe I opened that email and clicked that link that was, you know, I may, maybe they're super good at making them quite, this is uh, very much what I would normally get in my day-to-day emails, yeah. but it's it's insane. I think the the GTA one was similar, wasn't it? That the individual who did that was through a phishing thing, and he got into their Teams or Slack chat and actually oh, managed it? to message. Oh people no, that was. The, I thought he just saw when I, the trailer. No, went no, it was primarily uh, social hacking. Like he did that hack in a hotel room with a fire stick in his cell phone. He just called up the company and just like knew how to play the game, got the information he needed. Mm-hmm outrageous yeah so i don't even think it was fishing involved that was uh, it was just purely social that's crazy that is crazy to think that so much could come from that um do i mean i thought 2023 was pretty bad for leaks as a whole that was like maybe the third big one fourth big one in the video game industry this isn't a leak man this is this is i mean this is who cares about the leaked uh 
trailers and because they did say something about like a Wolverine game. Well, right? they, lots yeah. of the Wolverine game. Yeah, who gives was... a shit about that? Like that is not important. Like all the others, like there's so many lives at stake here. It's it going to be impo- It's going to be important to Marvel. And it's going to be important to obviously. This is all going to be important to Insomniac. Yeah. Um, and there is a business side to it that's kind of you kind of think for a second. Uh, yeah, that sucks. But. Yeah, the people <laughs> who made passport scans. Were, yeah, it's stuff like that. Passport scans, t-shirt sizes, like HR proceedings is what I was saying to Chris. Like, ooh, like some some really really private, confidential kind of stuff that you obviously want to remain private, and you have a right for it to remain private. Mm-hmm. And your company, the company that you work for, can't protect you against that because, I guess, because people aren't trained well enough to be aware of this sort of thing mental uh do you think we'll get lots more of these in 2024 mm. well like i mean do you think hackers are because i said i and maybe it's because we've been doing the podcast and maybe i've been paying a bit more attention to it but i thought 2023 was definitely i was like oh there was a fair few hacks uh leaks and stuff put out this year are we seeing more are is is the hacking community that are causing these leaks or as you said getting into the personal information that's way above a, a leak is that outpacing companies abilities to secure themselves against it i i think i think they're pretty closely tied together just like the moment hacking and like all this like whatever their viruses or the ransomware that they develop uh starts advancing a bit uh, we just like dissect it and then we come up with better uh, security to prevent that we come up with better security. They find ways around it, and it's just it's step by step. I think it's really back and forth. Yeah, I think I think I think you I think you will see more of it though. Not necessarily just in the video game industry, but like in stuff, general stuff like what we had here with the HSE attack and yeah, and that kind of thing. And, and I'm still like that's the, the funny thing about that in terms of like ne- never mind some of my personal Was that information. The same group? No, 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 it was a different group. But it's what it's amazing about that is is that I got the odd scam call on my phone do you know what I mean like the odd scammer thing saying oh your amazon packages whatever you know but after the hse attack which i was informed that my data was you know lost in that or or, or you know given that the amount of phone calls i get from scamming things ever since that is crazy it's like literally my personal information via the phone or whatever else was put on a website somewhere to be like hey when I try and get someone one of those phone call scams, here's a, a Darren Wade and a phone number. Off you go. And I get so... You made of phone numbers I've blocked on my phone is crazy. over since That was, what, two years ago? I think it was two years ago, yeah. 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 Uh, I think you'll see more attacks like that because <clears throat> out of all out of all the types of like organizations and stuff like that, I think like tech firms and video game, they would be maybe slightly on the less vulnerable side. Maybe that's me being naive um, because like all these companies are made up of all sorts of people but i think i think just in general uh, over the next over the coming years you're going to see a lot more like really shitty nefarious like yeah yeah, hacks and stuff like that breaches the mad thing is that they actually had like as an auction system on their own dark web website with like a you know hey whoever the first person to pay us two million worth of bitcoin gets the information like just to think that that's going on day to day boggles my mind that there's a dark web shit out there is just crazy yeah but on a nicer, funnier, we'll, we'll finish the our episode on a little bit of a, of a funnier note. As opposed to all these, these dark decks. So uh, we're, we're going to talk about the Steam Deck fumes. You guys both own Steam Deck, so I thought I'd put this one on the table. Uh, this is coming from Kotaku by uh, Zach Zweisen. Um, Valve to Steam Deck owners, stop huffing its vent fumes. The company behind Portal, Half-Life, and Steam isn't amused at all by the vent smelling. 
But they smell so good. Uh-huh. So this is um, I, ca- so I, ca- I can't good. wait to get this right. So Valve has a message to all you folks, uh, myself included. This is Zach, uh, who love huffing your Steam Deck exhaust fumes. Stop it, please. <laughs> Have you ever taken a break from playing your Steam Deck to sample the complex fragrances emanating from the exhaust vent? If so, you aren't alone. Since the release of the handheld PC, many owners have reported that they can't stop sniffing the fumes that waft out of the Steam Deck during play. It's become a bit of a meme among Steam Deck owners, with folks often posting online how much they enjoy the distinctive aroma. I'm one of those sickos sticking my nose right above the exhaust and taking a big whiff each time I play. (laughs) This is such a great article. Um, uh, But uh, someone finally asked Valve about this, and it turns out the company wants you to knock it off. On December 12th, Reddit user Metapod100 shared a screenshot showing them asking Steam support if it was, quote, safe to inhale the exhaust fumes, end quote, from the Steam Deck's top vent. The user pointed out that people enjoying the smell has become somewhat of a meme, and admittedly many folks really like doing it. Val's response had the same vibe of a school teacher telling his uh, kids kindly, but firmly, <coughs> to stop eating paste. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like sniffing the glue or something. Quote, as with all electronics, it is generally not recommended that you inhale exhaust fumes on your device. Um, while there are no safety concerns with general usage, directly inhaling the device's vent fumes should be avoided. Uh, Valve support team added that while they understand that it's become a meme, they still want Steam Deck owners to, quote, refrain from this behavior for the safety of your health. And that's totally fair, logical answer. But I'm going to ignore it. I can't help it. Smelling the hot, plasticky, almost fruity scent from my Steam Deck spits out after warming up is a habit I can't shake. I love it too much. I'm sorry, Valve. Please don't be mad. That's addiction. So I, my yeah, so but this my question to both users, the Steam Deck users, is it actually a nice smell? I, I don't know, man. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Hell I yeah, brother. Hell yeah. I fired up. Give me five minutes. Nothing's cooking. Um, it reminds me a lot uh, of like the kind of plasticy. I don't know if that's the right word, but when the original Xbox came out, uh, whatever the kind of plastic that they use in that had a very distinctive smell. Right. Steam Deck is very similar in like. When it com- just when it comes out of the box, like the new, it's like a new book smell but mm-hmm. for electronics kind of thing. And then when the fan gets going, it like f- hooshes that shit out of it. Yeah, man. That is the funniest image of all you Steam Deck users just like, you know, like, <laughs> I, I'm, like huffing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought this was a joke. I'm arising to new okay. levels of gamerdom. Oh, you, you guys. I kind of want to smell it just to be I'm just, out uh, of curiosity. I'm going to be so much better. I'm devastated I chose a portal now instead of the Steam Deck. Like, I want to get in on this, the, the new drug act or whatever. What, what I love about the, the Steam Deck fan and the exhaust and shit like that is it's so, the thing that I didn't expect is it's so hot. That shit runs really hot. And that fan shovels air out of it like really really quickly so over like i got mine um a bit i think the end of november did i yeah i think it was around the end of november i got mine start of december and like when it was particularly cold i would just like tilt the steam deck towards my face and just like warm air would just flood into my face and i'm like it's insane how hot this is yeah um and also a nice yeah fruity fruity that's hilarious it actually smells good oh my god i i I don't i don't get it man this is how we end up with like warnings on our coffee yeah it's why it's why we can't have nice things look people like you won't be a warning on my steam deck (laughs) (laughs) um so just a question on the steam deck does it actually run quite hot is is that is the fan loud is my question no the fan that that's that's why it surprised me how much air was kicking off fan is not loud at all you cannot hear the fan which is wild and then you tilt it a certain way and there's just air flooding out of it it's like whoa that's, that's i would am- say you can't amazing. hear it at all like quite, I, I can yeah, definitely true. hear mine a bit but but it's very quiet it's like, it's, it's very not yeah it's not intrusive or one of my no, one of my favorite intrusive. things just about loud fans uh 
Luke, I don't remember that if you remember the times we were playing uh, Minecraft on the server, a big server, all of us were on, you and me, loads of our mates. Yeah. Uh, and our friend uh, John was on that server oh, as yeah. well. And he'd come on the mic onto the mic sometimes. We we had, we had to beg him to mute when he wasn't talking because his PC or PlayStation, whatever he was, I think playing it was on off, a laptop. So uh, it was a laptop. All on the background, just any time he started speaking, you'd swear he was on a runway of an airport and a plane was. I was like John. I it was like I was like John. I can't hear you. John. <laughs> it was so loud in the background. Just thinking of that. But uh, yeah, that's good. Um, Luke, be careful. Um, with your Steam Deck. Um, huffing. You know. I'm, a, I'm ascending. Kids you be guys, safe on the street guys, these days. You guys wouldn't get it. You guys wouldn't get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just don't get it. Um, listen, guys, we're going to you know, leave the episode there for once. We might actually get a sub 50 uh, minute episode. Yeah? A New Year's resolution. Try and get them episodes under an hour. <laughs> Never going to happen. Never going to happen. This one might. You know, if, we, if, I, if I just say, all right, episode's over now. But I won't do that. Uh, listen, guys, thank you so much for hopping on, talking about the news. Uh, if you uh, out there are worried that there's not going to be content for the next two weeks, don't worry. There's loads of content over Patreon. Myself, Chris, and Luke are going to do a quick uh, recap of some of other uh, news articles that have been out on the News Post Show. And patreon.com forward slash gift the game. And you'll find it all there. Uh, Luke, Chris, guys, thank you so much. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year of gaming. Hope it all goes well for you. Happy New Year. Many happy returns. And uh, to all our listeners, uh, keep enjoying the gift that is gaming. Peace out.